0: I've been sparking up my tools, I've been looking to win, spend a little again, I've been for spittle to them, my God I riddled again,
1: I told them stop clowning around, they said what goes up comes down, I said I'm down with the sickness, my team stay ill now, come get this, I'm just so the Delight, I stay ready tonight, deep dive, we rise, that's the melody, alright, Da Delight,
0: Debbie Delight, da da, da da Davy Delight, D- Light. Welcome
1: to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we are going to uh, do a little recap of the guys that were going stock up and stock down from last week. And then we're going to preview week four, technically, the first week of the SEC games that are next week with a couple matchups we're looking forward to the most. As always,
2: I am joined by my co-host and partner here, Stoops. How are you, sir? Doing Good. Doing good. You always uh you always throw me off whenever you do that. We're gonna go the following week. And I'm like, Well, what do you mean following week? Me? You know, you always throw me off with those. Th- I'm so literal that I need like week four. Week yeah. whatever. But I figured it out. I figured it out. So well, I got the, some the games thing about it is, about is, is the, the people later, that though.
1: are I don't wanna I don't wanna preview games today, today. <laughs> that are happening right this second. Obviously, we're talking about a little bit off the air, but there's a couple decent games in here. I just want to see you know Trevor Lawrence go do Trevor Lawrence things today against Citadel. But uh, the big game of the day is going to be Miami versus Louisville. That's the you know, 17th-ranked team versus the 18th-ranked team. So that should be an interesting game. Outside of that, there really isn't um, anything to really scream about. BYU versus Army could have been interesting because both teams are ranked. Mm-hmm. But um, this will be more of one of those, let's just see the stars shine and then move on with their lives. Um, obviously, we heard the news this week. The Big Ten is back. Um, yeah. That's exciting to hear. Um, Bateman's talking about going back to uh, – play again this year, which is interesting choice for me personally. I, I don't know if I would have went back even though they are playing. Um, I think we'll probably do a preview next week, a little bit of the Big Ten. We weren't sure if we were going to get football, so we didn't do a Big Ten preview. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, just a few quick notes. I was pretty impressed with Trevor Lawrence last week. Uh, we talked about this via text message. Last year, he came out a little bit flat. I felt like he always plays down to his competition, but he worked. you could tell he worked on his delivery. His throws were a little bit more crisp and stuff like that. So seeing trevor come out and be trevor was nice but then also for him to show some mechanics that he worked on over the offseason was a little bit nicer wasn't it
2: yeah no i agree we we, like you said we talked about it it was it it was nice to to see him come out and do what we want him to do right what we expected him to do so it it was just nice to see that because like you said um especially those first couple games last year it was just kind of like we know you've got it we we know you're (laughs) the guy but like where is that level you know and and again especially yeah. in in you know because I, I watched it pretty in depth but in the am game last year right it was like honestly as big of an Am fan as I am, I knew that defense wasn't as good as what he made them look. yeah, he tore me yep. you know they won the game he threw some great passes I get it but it was like you should have done more right yeah it, it, you know but this year different right he came out he finally he, he did what he needed to do right off the bat. Um, definitely a big fan of that. And one, I, I sent out a tweet and this isn't about Trevor Lawrence, but that UTSA Texas state game, right? That to me, like that, that's why I love college football, right? Absolutely. It was just like UTSA was, was kind of taking it, you know, they were taking that lead and then Texas state came back and then it ugh, double overtime. And I don't know, man, games like that are just, that's what I love. They're about awesome. Right. Football. You know, it just, it's, I mean, obviously, you know,
1: from our perspective we talk about offense consistently week in and week out we're not exactly going to be talking about a whole lot of defensive guys if ever on this podcast but the thing about it is is we like to see how those high scoring games they're fun you know what i mean it may look don't get me wrong i like a dogfight of a game but i'd rather see a game in college football 60 to 62 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i'd rather i want that i want the double overtime i want the intensity i want the you know you you're scrapping for every yard you're hoping and you know and stuff like that so that's it was exciting to it's exciting to talk about football again. It's exciting to get some NFL, some of the rookies that we liked had some big games last mm-hmm. week. Some guys that, um, you know, very early on, we're starting to see that there's going to be guys that are going to get opportunities very, very early in the season, from Dobbins to Taylor to Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, it's pretty interesting to see some of these guys get these chances. Jerry Judy had a chance to shine, and he ran one of the most beautiful routes I have seen in football in a couple of years. He just shook the the DB you know, right out of his cleats. But so what we're going to do is we're going to transition into talking about some guys from last week that we thought their stock is on the rise. Um, just a couple of guys that kind of stood out. Um, doesn't mean we think they're going to be the next big thing, but it's last week we watched these games and these are the guys that really stood out to us. So Stoops, who's the first guy you're going to talk about?
2: Yeah. The first guy I'm going to talk about is um, Sam Ellinger. I mean, it was, a, he's a guy that a lot of people may be high on already. Um, and they they played UTEP, right? It wasn't like they played some top-notch competition, but we say it all the time. You play certain opponents, we want to see you go out and, and get it done. He was 25 of 33, so 75.8 completion percent. That's that's what you want to see, right? Yeah, he's going to have some passes here and there that, that don't uh, hit the mark, but 76%, let's call it completion, solid, solid percent there. 385 passing yards, five passing touchdowns. Um, and some of them were, he threw it seven, eight yards, and his receivers, running back, whoever, you know, made the play um, yards after catch. But nonetheless, got it to him when they were open and, and allowed them to make the plays. And this is going to sound odd, but I was actually impressed with his rushing because he didn't go crazy with it. It was only three rush attempts for 12 yards. I said it on previous episodes, right? We were talking about like Bijan and Keontae Ingram and just the running game. I felt that. Sam might hurt them because of how much he rushes. Now, again, it was UTEP. They were getting it done in the passing game, so he didn't really have to run the ball as much. I get it. But to only go three rush attempts, to me, that, that's a number I was was hoping to see where he didn't have to do that as much because he was getting it done elsewhere. So um, I enjoyed seeing that. 16 first downs he accounted for. He did have a fumble, but you know whenever you – have the ball in your hands for as many times as he does. It's bound to happen. And again, I don't know if he lost that fumble. Um, I really should start looking more into that, right? I always talk about fumbles, but I don't know if they get lost or not. But nonetheless, he had a fumble. Um, One other thing that I really, really liked was the – the distribution. He 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 spread the ball around. It wasn't like he just was focused on one or two guys, which when you look at it, I mean, Joshua Moore had eight targets and Tariq Black had six targets. Everyone else had three or less. So I guess you could say he kind of targeted those two more than really anybody else. But at the same time, he went to 10 different receivers um, or 10 different players. Some of them were running backs and, and so on, but he looked at 10 different guys. So he was spreading the ball around. The defense didn't really know where he was going to go with it. He kind of Kind of just made the defense had to to really, really hone in and, and, and watch him. So big fan of that. When you look at the red zone production, um, he had seven pass attempts and four completions inside the red zone for 33 uh, passing yards and three touchdowns. So three of his five touchdowns came inside the red zone. Definitely love seeing that. Um just looking at the play overall, I mean, it looks like obviously Tariq black and Joshua Moore are going to be his favorite guys, you know, at the moment, right. It's week one or it's, it's game one for them. Things are going to change. It was just the matchups that, you know, that that went that, but he's definitely showing that he's got trust in them. And Brendan Eagles definitely saw some targets as well. So again, we said it, this Texas team can be special. They've just got to go out and do it. And if, the UTEP game was any indication of that I think and again UTEP is not Oklahoma right they are not even some of the other schools inside the big 12 but if they go out and look like that and get better even I think that Texas is going to definitely be a team to uh, to keep an eye on for sure um, like I said, his receivers helped him out a lot, though. The The yards after catch was phenomenal. He'd get it to him on, you know, in some cases, 10, 15 yards down the field. But even then, three, four-yard little dump-off passes, and they'd just get it done. That one, I sent you the clip of it. He dumped it off to, to Bijan. And it was such a simple, just – juke like it, it, Bijan didn't do anything crazy but he the, the dude jumped like three yards right and he gained an extra 15 after the after the play so it's things like that the yards after catch were phenomenal from from his um receivers and running backs out of the out of the backfield but um he had good touch on the on, on his passes um he looked like he was in mid-season form already and it was just game one for him so i i do expect him to have a much better season than even what i expected you know and again i understand i'm i'm playing this up as he's the next coming, right? And as UTEP. But it's just, when you go out against po- opponents, you should be put uh, putting up stats against, and he did it. Um, I just love seeing that. I mean, through threw for almost 400 yards, right? Doing that against anybody at the D1 level is is a, a feat of amongst itself and throw five touchdowns in there as well. So I'm excited to see what this Texas team does, um, continues to spread the ball around. And then I know his rushing stats are going to go up. I, that's just, when you've been doing it for what? Let's call it. 10 to 15 years of his playing career, right. You know, going back to, I'm sure middle yeah. school, high school, all that stuff, it's, it's going to happen, but I was happy. Um, he's definitely a stock up guy for me. I'm not saying that I'm moving him up my rankings, 10 slots, and he's the number three guy. I'm not saying <laughs> that, but you know, it's, it's, he, he went out was and did what I was hoping well. he would do. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like we talk about it week
1: in, week out, how this quarterback race is wide open after Lawrence and fields and mm-hmm am showcasing his ability. We look, he's been there for what this is his fourth season at Texas and we, you, I thought
2: it was like seventh or eighth. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know the yeah. j- the running joke is like he's like 15th season there, but for me personally though, this is a guy that I think has the talent to be a decent quarterback. I just think that he gets a lot of flack. So him coming out last week and was very, very impressive for me as well. My stock up guys, I it's crazy not to talk about Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas State. Um he was all over ESPN, obviously with his one-handed catches from last week. Uh 6'3, two-star prospect. Um he made several highlight reel catches in the red zone. He made one. He just went back, caught it the one hand, it brought it in. Obviously, it wasn't a touchdown, which if it would have been a touchdown, his stat line would have been nine catches, you know, 100 and some yards and four touchdowns. Instead, it was eight catches, 98 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, The one thing you'll notice, all three touchdowns came in the red zone, all three inside the 20. This guy was a human highlight reel. He was catching the ball with, you know, against his body, put, you know, kind of away from the defenders. Don't get me wrong. I will say this the quarterback had a great ball placement as well in some of these, but for his ability to get up in the air, catch these balls and come down with them, it was impressive. It was very, very impressive to watch. Jonathan Abrams is a guy not even remotely on my radar, right? You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I knew who, um, you know, Jonathan Abrams was, you know, a couple weeks ago. I've heard the name, but watching him play was insane. Um all three, like I said, all three touchdowns in the red zone in twenty nineteen, he had some really nice stats sixty two eight fifty one five touchdowns, thirteen point seven per. um you can't you can't knock those either. I think that he's got this nice weight wingspan. um so whenever it's 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 easy for uh, for the quarterback to kind of get him the ball. The other thing that was kind of impressive for me to watch um was his footwork off the line. He was very, very nice, very, very quick, very, very swift off the line. Um, Like I said, he positions his body right whenever he's catching the ball. He's kind of consistent with that. He's not really, um, you know, the hands aren't in question right now either. It's something to keep an eye on moving forward because anybody that is capable of having a cornerback blanketed on him and able to reach back and catch a ball like that kind of blew my mind to watch it happen. But like I said, all three, if you watch all three touchdowns in the red zone, it, it, they were they weren't just your typical touchdowns, right? This guy's coming down. This guy had a cornerback grabbing his arm, and he's and he's catching it, you know, with his right arm, and he's coming down with the touchdown. It was just a, it was a beautiful sight to see. The other thing that I really like about it is everybody's like, oh, this kid's from Arkansas State. Obviously, this is an AG a pro agg uh, podcast. You know what I mean? I, I just love to see him do stuff on the next level. So we like finding these deeper guys that might elevate on the next level. But for me, what was impressive, he's doing it against Kansas State, right? I'm not saying Kansas State's the be all end all right here, right? But this kid's doing it against a Division One team that plays week in, week out, and, and it's impressive to watch. So for me, I, Jonathan Abrams was an easy, easy stock up. 6'3", Man, target in the red zone. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just awesome to see. It, it was awesome Saturday just to kind of scroll through the Twitter feed and watch, oh, man, there's highlights. There's hi- there's more highlights. And then just watching this kid highlight after highlight after highlight catch the ball. So for me, it was exciting to watch, and this kid's somebody that I've got my eyes kind of locked in on moving forward. Did you see some of these catches this kid
2: made? I saw a couple clips here and there. I'll be honest, yeah. I didn't uh, didn't see. Yeah, that's 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 what I did. They were there.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, I, that's when I saw him too. So then I just kind of mm-hmm. went back and watched some of the tape from the film, and kind of watching him play was really nice. So obviously, that's this what, is a loaded receiver class.
2: Well, and what's so crazy about this season, and we once once things started to t- to, to roll into place, we're in now. It's crazy how normally it's just like, oh, what did, I don't know, not like if it was last year, like what did T. Higgins do? What did Jerry Judy do? What did, now we're talking about guys from Louisville. We're talking about guys from Arkansas State. We're talking about guys from yeah. UTSA, which for me it's in San Antonio. But you know what I mean? We're watching games we probably never would have watched before. So it's almost Absolutely. like now I wonder going forward, like, okay, don't get me wrong. If Alabama and Georgia are playing, we're watching that game, right? but it's like if we're watching we're looking at the slate of games and it's like hey man like like for example i was telling you smu north texas i would never watch that game last year i'll be honest maybe i'll watch a couple (laughs) you know minutes here and there but i'm kind of just like you know what to me like that's kind of an intriguing game to me so it's we're watching games that we would never watch before so it's kind of like going forward are we going to make it a point like are we going to now go watch an arkansas state game because of so and so like it's just things like that that that
1: yeah we well, even talked about the season
2: yeah so. if you're going to take any good from the situation we're in we're kind of getting more exposure to these lesser known programs and these lesser known Absolutely. players right you know and it's in the in the long term is it going to maybe help their draft stock who knows who really knows but at the same time it's like these lesser schools are now getting more televised time and they're getting different right. things so if there's any positive to take from all, all of the stuff we're going through that, that's kind of something. But it's just funny. It's just intriguing and interesting. Well, yeah, to we talked, to, you, watching you games talked we about it.
1: Yeah, you and I talked about it during the offseason. Prior to this, we were like, man, I can't wait to go to this game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're looking to trap. Like you were looking to go play, watch Memphis play, right? You know what I mean? Like Which I school, looked at ticket prices. Not even-
2: they're only like 25 <laughs> bucks, But the problem is they're selling everything in pa- pairs of two. I don't want to buy two tickets, and uh-huh. I don't have friends around here. So I do have friends, but
1: they I'll live in of places
2: yeah see
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's a crazy thing like we're like for me like i told you i was i want to go catch a couple of high school yeah. games this year you know what i mean it's like we're trying to get our eyes on on different things and i think you're right that's one of the benefits from this is like Jonathan Abram's that game wouldn't have even been on tv mm-hmm. last week you know what i mean like that that would have never been you know we would have probably caught the highlights right yep. later on you know cuz oh my god did you see that it would have been a sports center top 10 but that's it yep. right you know what i mean it wouldn't have been on television for us to actually see every play kind of happened. So who's
2: your uh, other stock up guy from last week? So my other stock up guy is kind of another uh, easy choice, I'm sure for most people, but Brees Hall, he just came out and again, he did, did what we wanted him to do. And it's, it's just one of those where given the off seasons, given kind of what these, these guys have had to deal with for him to come out and play the way he did spoke volumes. And it just showed again, he looked to be in mid season form. Like if you were to watch his, his recap of the game, his runs were phenomenal. He was patient in his runs. He saw the holes very well. If he needed a bounce outside, he did, and that's actually where his touchdown came. It was an 11-yard uh, touchdown run inside the red zone, and the the middle got clogged up pretty quick. He bounced up, bounced outside, and just outrun outran the guys and went in for the touchdown. It was, it was just a, a phenomenal thing to see. So he had 20 rush attempts for 88 yards. Again, not a crazy amount of yards, but I mean 4.4 yards per carry. You know, again, if we say that you get four yards every time. You're going to end up with a first down at some point, right? So, um, 20 rush attempts, 88 yards, a rushing touchdown, like I said, came inside the red zone, three targets, three receptions, 15 yards, and yeah, um, counted for 14 first downs. And again, he did have a fumble as well, so definitely want to see him take care of the ball a little bit more, um, especially from the running back. Yeah, one out of 20 is not terrible, but at the same time, if it's now he's at 40 and he's got two fumbles and it just kind of continues, that'll start to pile up. I don't think it'll happen, but at the same time, um, uh, seeing a fumble. Um is definitely definitely something to to keep an eye on from the running back position. When you look at the uh, the red zone productions from him, um, obviously most of his work did come outside of the red zone. But he had two rush attempts for twenty one yards and a touchdown. And like I said, he had that eleven yard uh, touchdown run. And even accounted for uh, well, it said two first downs, but one of them went for a touchdown. So really, he kind of had one first down um, inside the red zone. But I looked at his touches by yards. Seventy-seven percent of his touches went for either negative, which that was only one play, but negative or uh, negative to seven yards. That's where seventy-seven percent of his touches went. So he had a pretty decent um, again yards per carry was four point four, averaging. So seventy-seven percent of them went for negative to to seven yards. I would take that all day. And then the, the remaining twenty-two point seven went basically for eight to twenty yards. Um, again, one game, right? But I, I still like what I saw out of him. The biggest thing that I took from it when I was looking a little bit deeper into the numbers, I looked at the down and distance performance. On first and 10, two receptions for two. Uh, no, it was uh, two, uh, 10 yards. I'm sorry. I put my my columns in different areas. But um, two targets, two receptions, 10 yards. He had 12 rush attempts for 54 yards. And again, he had a rushing touchdown. So all 14 of his touches on first and 10 went for a first down or a touchdown, all 14 of them. So when the ball was in his hands, he was getting first downs or touchdowns on first and 10. That's when you want to see it done. Yeah. Okay. If it's second and medium, second and short, you want to see that as well. But it's just, to me, that was an awesome, awesome stat to see. He's getting it done. They trust him, right? They got him the ball, um, whether it be in the pass catching game or the running game, he did what he needed to do. He did his job. Um, Now I'll say, as a team, Iowa State didn't look great, um, but he looked great. So just watch the clip, right? Just watch his film. Um, he looked to be, like I said about Sam, uh, Brees Hall looked to be in midseason form. He was patient with his runs, he was hard to bring down. He's always been kind of a slippery, you know, kind of runner. Uh, you can't arm tackle him. And it's just, He's already, and I understand in some some um, people's rankings, he's probably a top three or four running back already. So to say he's a stock up guy is kind of an easy way out, I guess. But at the same time, it was just I saw what I wanted to see. He did what what I would have expected him to do, and he looked really good. So for me, it kind of solidified what we already knew and even, you know, kinda kinda opened my eyes a little bit more. Um, with that 14 first downs on the 14 touches, like there or touchdowns. That's just that's an awesome number to see. So I was very, very impressed with what I saw from Brees Hall this past week.
1: Yeah. It, it,
2: again, like I like what you said, though, it's like one of
1: the key highlights of, of what they did this week because there was some really rough mm-hmm. around the edges. But you're right. It's we want Brees Hall to go out and Brees, do Brees Hall things. And that's exactly what he did. Um, it was nice to see. Um, my guy that I'm going to talk about stock up wise is going to be Kyron uh, Williams from Notre Dame. Um, very impressive, 5'10", 200 two uh, hundred pound four star prospect. Uh, first game of the season, um, nineteen carries, um, nineteen carries two one hundred and twelve yards. Sorry, I had something playing in my ear. <laughs> Caught me off guard. <laughs> nineteen carries, one hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns. He averaged five point nine yards per carry. Um, he had two catches for ninety three yards, and um, he had twenty one plays. Uh, From scrimmage, 205 yards, averaged 9.8 yards per uh, touch, and he had two touchdowns. Um, One funny thing right off the bat that I will say um, is there was one knock coming out of about him coming out of high school, and it was the fact that he doesn't have this breakaway speed. And it's crazy to me that a man can have a 75 yard catch but not score a touchdown. it he it, the funny thing about it was is it, it was because of that not lack of breakaway speed he just could not take it you know he just was kind of running out of gas and a guy kind of chased mm-hmm. him down the funny thing about it is the next play Ian Book threw an interception um, so th- it was kind of a wasted seventy five yard uh, play but um, the kid looked good uh, running down the field he, just like we said with Brees Hall he was patient um, he was he was finding the holes um, I was very impressed with the his ability to. Um, wait for the stuff to kind of line itself out and then kind of tackle the holes the way he's supposed to, you know, be patient with the line. Notre Dame has a solid offensive line as it is already. You know what I mean? They have a solid team year in, year out. They just have a terrible quarterback. But for me, it was nice to see him kind of swiftly make his move. Like we talk about almost six yards per carry. You know what I mean? That's, that's, you know what I mean? We could talk about that week in and week out. Uh, I think this guy's got huge upside potential. He's only a sophomore right now, obviously and, and and watching what he did week one, totaling 205 yards in his first really big time game last year. He didn't really play a lot. He only had four carries last year and one catch last year. So for me, they're getting them the ball. They're getting him involved in the offense. And I think they really are, realized early on that this kid's got playmaking ability. Let's get the ball in his hands continuously over and over again. Nineteen carries. It's nice to see he had twenty one overall touches. So for me, carry on Williams was one guy that I really enjoyed watching. I watched all twenty one touches and for me, I was impressed with, like I said, it's, it's to me, it's not always about the breakaway speed. It, I don't need 80-yard touchdowns consistently, right? You know what I mean? The 75-yard catch, if you're playing fantasy football, that's eight points, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Would you have loved the touchdown? Yes. But on one play, he get you eight fantasy points. How much would you love that? You know what I mean? So yep. for me personally, as long as he's being consistent and, and concise with his with his touches, which he was, again, averaged nine yards per touch last week. So for me, K-On-Win's easy stock up. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on the first stock down guy just because I'm already talking about him. And that was Ian Book. Oh God. Like,
2: real quick, real quick. I you will get into what – but but what was it two years ago? I guess Ian Book was like the guy, like he kind of came out of nowhere. Like he wasn't the starter. Then I think an injury happened, and he maybe it was three years ago, years ago. It doesn't matter. And it was like Ian Book was a stud. Yeah. And then it was like, after that initial, it's like, now we are where we are. And I agree with you on this. So it's just like, it's just funny how it can happen where he's the guy, right? And he's still the guy. He's the starter. But then it's just like, eh. He wasn't.
1: He had nice stats last year. He's 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. But when you you break that down, it's like Mm -hmm. he is just not productive enough and and last week again there's a there's guys that come out and do their thing and there's guys that come out and just look like you know what Ian Book did you know what i mean like if you look at some of the big 10 games last year he he went 8 for 25 73 yards and a touchdown right had 32% completion percentage against the big 10 like what like that's you can't there's no yeah. excuse for like that but for me like he, last week he looked he terrible i mean if it was not for williams this team would have might have lost to duke to Duke, guys. Um, he struggled early on. Like I said, he took that 75-yard pass. The next play, Book just made a bonehead mistake that you don't expect him to make or don't expect the quarterback to make. Look, I understand quarterbacks make mistakes. He did have the touchdown late in the fourth quarter, but his stats were very pedestrian, right? 19, 1931, 263, a touchdown interception. Some of his throws were very errant. He had guys wide open, missed them. This team is... is is this, this team right now reminds me of what Michigan has been for a couple years, Right? And even if, you get, even if you look at, like, AM, you know what I mean? Notre Dame recruits well, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They do recruit well. And, they, I mean, they're overranked every year. You know what I mean? Everybody wants Notre Dame to be more than yeah. what they really are year in, year out. But they always have a pretty solid defense. They're pretty stout. And then just Ian Book, he just is out there looking very pedestrian. You know what I mean? I really, like, after watching last week, I think I had Book maybe in my top 15. And it was just because I liked – there was a few things that I liked that he did last year. You can't ignore 34 touchdowns, six interceptions either. He takes care of the football. But for me, 6'1", 200, you know what I mean? Like he's a senior. You gotta come out here and play a little bit better than this. And to me right now, if I if I was if I was an NFL team, this guy, he's undraftable. He's undraftable. Like he's literally undraftable right now. And like we've talked about it a thousand times on this podcast, we talked about it earlier. This is the time to make some moves within this draft class at the quarterback position. And you took a massive step back. And for me, the crazy thing about it is the guy I talked about taking a massive step back. Now, the guy you're gonna talk about took a massive step back as well. Another guy that could have really taken advantage of this time where these new eyes are on you. This is your year, and again, you're 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 taking a huge step back. And and who's the you guy you're talking about?
2: The guy I'm gonna talk about is Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. So as I was saying, like with Brees Hall, right? He he did it, he did what we needed him to do. And that's kind of where I was whenever I was saying, you know, the Iowa State team didn't look that great, right? He just, I wasn't impressed. I I just, there's certain, and again, this is no knock to Louisiana Lafayette. They've got some players, right? They've got a team. So it's not a knock to them. But with the praise, even myself was giving Brock Purdy last year, I wanted and needed to see more. He went 16 of 37. 43, 43. 43.2 completion percent. Like that's... That's not good, not good. One hundred and forty-five passing yards. That's not good. No passing touchdowns and an interception. And I'll get into the interception later. He did throw it, but there's more to it that I kind of feel like. But he still threw it, right? It, still, it was still an interception. One rush attempt, six yards. Um, um, I think no. I think it was six rush attempt. Anyway, thirty-five uh, rushing yards. I I moved my whenever I'd missed that interception earlier. I moved my things over and I threw myself off. So anyway, 35 rush attempts. I did it, did it earlier 11. whenever I had something started randomly playing in my yeah. ear for no reason. It was weird. It's one of those weeks guys. It's one of those weeks now, but 11 first downs. He did not fumble it, which is good. He did not fumble it. Um, he spread the ball around as well, which is definitely something I, I really like seeing that from a quarterback. You're always going to have your guy, right? Or your two guys that you're, you're focused, not focused on, but that you really look at first. And I get that. That's that's just how football works. That's every offense. But he threw it to eight different um, receivers. So that was definitely something i like to see. Spread the ball around. Um, looking at his red zone performance, he literally had nothing inside the red zone. Nothing. Not even one pass attempt. No rush attempt. Nothing. So everything came outside of the red zone. Again, one game, I get it. But at the same time, like, did you just like how do you just not get into the red zone, or how do you not have as a quarterback anything, you know, especially someone who, who can run the ball? Um, nothing inside the red zone. I, that's just to me was was not not quite what you want to see. And a couple stats I got, or not stats, I'm sorry, a couple notes. Um, he played well early, actually, in the game. He was playing well. I, I was actually impressed with what I was seeing. And I was like, all right, cool, we're there, right? We're gonna we're gonna see it. And then it just kind of started to deteriorate. As the game went on, um, he did make some accurate and decisive passes. Again, early in the game, he had some good zip on the ball. He was looking like what we wanted to see. Um, Like I said, he was still able to make some plays on the ground. But once he threw that interception, so this is kind of where, yes, he threw the interception. It was kind of an off-target throw, but not too off-target. The receiver shouldn't have caught that. Receiver did kind of bobble it, and then he caught it, but the cornerback just ripped it away. So it was partially on the receiver partially an off off target throw. It was kind of that 50-50. You can blame whoever you want to blame for it. But once that interception was thrown, it almost seemed like Brock uh yeah, Brock Purdy's confidence just went away. Cuz that's whenever I started to see on the film, he wasn't as confident in his throws. He was a little bit more off target. He just wasn't there. Um I'm not sure to interrupt
1: what, you, but that's one thing that you want to see is is you want to see a quarterback throw an interception and then the next drive he yeah completely shakes it off right and he did the opposite it
2: just he just didn't look as confident as what we saw early and I and that's a that's where a lot of his incompletions started to come about so it was just something about that interception that I, I think just threw him off and again it wasn't a hundred percent his fault but it wasn't on target either so it kind of was but the corner just honestly the cornerback made a, a solid play he literally ripped the ball out of the receiver's hand so it is what it is but he just didn't seem the same after that one um i still think he's talented i still think he's got the abilities i, I hope to see him come out this next next game they have and, and just kind of turn it around and show us what we know he can do um but for me right now he's definitely a stock down guy i just needed to see more especially against a team um I don't think they were ranked before Louisiana Lafayette and they are now. Um, we've talked about their 17 running backs that are absolutely phenomenal in that backfield. It's actually like two, but um, they're both, you know, they've got a team. So it's not like they were playing just a slouch of a program, but at the same time, you've been this highly touted guy. We talked to you up last year. Now I will say it was probably more Twitter pushing him than it was actual NFL draft analysts and everything. Um, but he's still a guy that a lot of us, believe in and have and are fans of and i think it'll come i think it will and this is kind of what i was saying like with other guys where they're in mid-season form he's not there yet he'll get there i think he'll figure it out it'll it'll come around but for me right now he's definitely a stock down guy I gotta see him turn it around um and uh, they're about to play tcu so not that tcu is this top-notch powerhouse program but it's a conference opponent it, it, it's someone that they've seen right they have seen them year after year after year so we'll see We'll see, but um, yeah, man, he he just didn't get it done for me. I mean, to what would I say, forty three percent completion percent? Like, come on, you got you got to be at least at a fifty five at worst, you know, not forty three. Yeah,
1: exactly, like we've been consistently saying. I mean, you got to go out there and ball, right? This is week one. That the the the, show, the showcase is on you. Let's let's make it happen. Um, all right, folks, there's a lot of fun games coming next week. Obviously, this is the first pack of the SEC games that um are are going to be playing. Um, we've got you know, obviously they're big games in the schedule. You got Louisville versus Pittsburgh. You've got Oklahoma, Kansas State. You have Auburn, Kentucky. That's a you know double ranked team there, Florida versus um, Ole Miss. Um, you've got obviously, you got Alabama playing. you got Texas versus Texas Tech. So that should be some fun right there. LSU, Mississippi State, Georgia, Arkansas. Uh, there's a lot of you got Miami versus Florida State, Tennessee, South Carolina. like I said, you got A m's first game. They're playing Vanderbilt. They should win by three thousand five hundred and fifty. But there's a lot of good games. Don't get too confident. (laughs) There's a lot of good games next week, and um, there's a couple key matchups that Stoops and I are really looking forward to. Stoops, I'll let you kick it off with your first matchup, man.
2: Yeah, the first one I'm interested to watch um, is just that Kentucky-Auburn game. Um, One, it just kind of came about, you know, Bo Nix, right? He looked phenomenal last year. He looked like a freshman last year. Then he looked phenomenal. Then he looked like a freshman, you know. So it was just kind of that back and forth all year. Um, but he showed what he can do, right? He he wasn't afraid of the big moment. I'll say that he was not afraid of it. He did he make some some bad decisions in those big moments? Absolutely. But he did it with confidence, and that's what I like to see. So really Bo Nicks is the one that I'm gonna be really, really watching. But in general, this Kentucky team, I don't know if you've really kept track of it, but Kentucky thinks they're going to be a competitor in the SEC. They they think they're one of the top programs. And don't get me wrong, they could be. Because I remember when I think it was what Josh Allen, that the defensive end, not the quarterback, obviously. That Kentucky team was with Benny Snell. Like that Kentucky team was good. They were good, but they still weren't there. And I don't even think this Kentucky team is to that level.
1: No, we. I've got a couple buddies that are Kentucky fans. Obviously, Jacob, you know he's a big Kentucky guy, and I'm just like, guys, look. That explains it. Then (laughs) it it does does a lot, but for me personally, it's like, look, it's one of those. They're one of those schools. I need you to prove it to me. Yeah, I I don't care about your hype. You know what I mean? You're not Alabama. You're a basketball school, period. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry to say it, but you're a basketball school. Until until you win. Seven or eight games in SEC and start beating some SEC opponents. I don't want to hear about your team. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't beat SEC. I'm talking about the good SEC team guys. I don't care if they beat Ole Miss or. And the thing about it is, is this is a toss up year. I, I do know that they have a very very solid defense. They've got a nice offensive line. I don't really know a whole lot about their quarterback. Not a lot about their running back. But the thing for me is Auburn's going to come out to play. Bo Nix. I don't know how I feel about Bo Nix. Right? You know what I mean? I I don't. He's good. He's bad. He's good. He's bad. He's good. He's bad. Right. But this is the time for us to realize is Bo Nick's going to be good at football. And I'm excited for the, I'm excited for the game. You know what I mean? It should be a competitive game um, because one way or another, again, Kentucky fans mm-hmm. prove it to us. K- Kentucky as a school prove
2: it to us. You know what I mean? That, that to me is what's
1: pivotal for this week.
2: Well, and I'm also excited to see, and I, I haven't looked at depth charts, so I'm not sure where he falls, but tank Bigsby. He was a running back that, you know, we, we talked about coming out. He was one of the, the more highly ranked and talked about uh, running backs um, in this last recruiting class. So going to be interested to see what kind of involvement he has in the game. So there's just a lot of players, um, you know, around the field, both sides of the ball that it's going to be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. So that's definitely one of the matchups I'm I'm looking forward to for sure.
1: My number one matchup of the weekend. Uh, well, actually, well, I'd say number one, maybe. Yeah, it's KJ Costello. I mean, look, yeah. I... I'm a big Costello guy and I get crapped on for Twitter because everybody thinks Costello sucks. And I understand that it is what it is. But for me, Mike Leach has his best quarterback that he's ever had. Okay. And you know, talent wise, I'll say talent wise, you know what I mean? Okay. Justella, he's got a good arm. He's a leader. I think that he's, he's a very capable quarterback. We've seen what Mike Leach did with Anthony Gordon. we see Gordon, Gardner Minshew, look what he's doing in the next level. You know what I'm saying? He's impressive. You know what I mean? He's like, Jaguars, they, we're not tanking for Trevor around here. We're going to win some football games. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's interesting. Look, I know it's week one as well. I'm not overreacting. They could probably go one in 15 still, but I'm just saying Minshew is out here playing. Well, they're not going to play
2: that many games. Oh, right, you're talking you know about the I mean? NFL. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I thought college, out here they're ball. not playing that many games.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So for me, it's like I could see – I'm really looking forward to this. The lack of off season is concerning. So I, I, do I expect Costello to come out here and look a little rusty? Possibly. He didn't play games since I think, you know, the end of last year, a little bit. Um, He, he was injury rid last year, but for me, what's key is, is if they put the pieces together, I think they can beat this LSU team. This LSU team is, they, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody from last year. Joe Brady's gone. They lost 18 of their 21 starters, I believe. And J- J- Jameer Chase is gone again. You know what I mean? He's gone. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not coming back. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they don't have talent on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm sorry, folks. Joe Burrow's not walking out of that field. Okay? He's not. It's Clyde, Wedge, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's gone. You know what I mean? Their, their team is, you know, Justin Jefferson's gone. Chase is gone. Thaddeus Moss is gone. Everybody is gone. You know what I mean? Everybody got drafted. I will
2: say they probably have a better tight end, though. We don't know it. We haven't seen him on the field yet. But Gilbert, Eric Gilbert, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm,
1: we'll I'm excited to see him play, right? You yeah. know what I mean? I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what he does. You know what I'm saying? He's a very, very talented guy. But Let's for give me, him about 35 targets.
2: <laughs> we'll
1: be all right. <laughs> exactly. And then that's the thing. Like, um, uh, I'm excited to see what, what Kylan Hill does down there, right? You know what I mean? Is he going to catch? Oh, yeah. yeah. 150 balls, like you know, uh bore he did. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things to look forward to. But Costello in that offense as that quarterback, I'm so excited because I really feel like he can adapt to that offense and really up his stock. Um, and it's gonna start a week one. They have a hard matchup. LSU's not easy. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here yeah. and say that they're easy. They they do recruit well, right? They have some they have some studs on the team. So for me, it's it's a it's a big matchup for not just Costello but also for LSU, but for me, watching Costello Week One is going to be exciting. So I'm just going to be
2: excited. Guy? No, I'm just going to be excited real quick to to see if he even throws like Derek Stingley's way, because Stingley <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he's a he's a stud, right? Stud yeah. corner. He's going to right. He's obviously Absolutely. not going to not throw his way, but at the same time, like that that's to me that's going to be his first real test, right? Yep. You know, even even previous he's played some good good opponents but i don't think he's played a stingley or you know and that's i'll be honest he's kind of the top guy i know on the defense but because yeah we don't cover defense much but um it's just i'm gonna be interested to see how he how he performs against a player like that so um i forgot i have it written down over here yeah the georgia arkansas game georgia arkansas that's the game so i i chose it because I'm I'm excited to see what Felipe Franks does. That's what I'm excited for. And I kind of told you through through text message, if JT Daniels gets cleared to play, he's cleared to practice, but he's not cleared for game play just yet. If he gets cleared in time, that's going to be just both sides of the ball. What are these quarterbacks going to do, right? Um, and I also found out, I didn't know this, um, so if everyone else did, you should have told me. Apparently, JT Daniels had to have a second surgery. That's why he's not cleared yet. Yeah, I think it was in January. I think that's what Kirby Smart either. Said. So either. it was um, basically it wasn't a it was more to just clean up a couple issues, I guess, that they, they came across. But this was even before um, really Georgia was, you know, they knew about it when they were bringing him in. But it was just one of those, that's what's causing this little bit more or a little bit longer of a process for for JT Daniels he had to have that second surgery to kind of clean up a, a couple hiccups from that first surgery he had. So that's what it is. He's, he's good. He's able to play. But the doctors just haven't cleared him for full contact because that's what he was saying in practices. Quarterbacks aren't getting hit, right? So, um, but nonetheless, Felipe Frank's going against um, – you know the the george defense um i'm gonna i'm gonna be excited to see if he can put it together because he was another guy well at florida for for a while he threw some games together right he looked good he looked really good and then he threw a lot of games together where he kind of didn't so he is, six,
1: he is six six so you know i'm what I mean? just saying
2: so i'm excited for the matchup um I think that Arkansas team, again, they're one of those like scrappy programs that can beat anybody, but they probably won't actually win. They're going to compete with you. They're going to make you earn that win. And I understand, because against the A&M-Arkansas game every year, I understand that's not the game I'm I'm talking about now, but everyone's like, oh, A&M's going to win that easy. I'm like, I don't know. Like, It's always a tough game. Arkansas is always a tough opponent. They don't necessarily win it every time, but it's not a blowout game. So I think Georgia's got to take him a little bit more serious, and I'm sure they are, but Felipe Franks has got to go out there and kind of just show it a little bit more. He's got some weapons out there, right? He's got some solid receivers to throw to. Obviously, Rakeem Boyd um, out of the backfield. He, he's got some some good options to get the ball to. So um, it's going to be exciting to see. I really hope JT Daniels as well gets cleared. I really hope he does. Um, I just want to see him on the field with, you know, pickings and with, everybody, right? Blaylock. Well, I guess Blaylock got hurt, didn't he? Is that right or no? I forget. Yeah. I think he did. So, yeah. um, But nonetheless, Georgia's got some weapons on that offensive side of the ball as well. So Felipe Franks is what drew me to that game just to see it. But again, I hope JT Daniels gets cleared so we can see him on the field playing um, in the SEC and and just kind of continue on what we saw from that, that, unfortunately, one game while he was at <laughs> USC. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. So for me... Uh,
2: I'm, first off, I'm excited to see... I
1: want to see JT Daniels on the football yeah. team as well. Um, Mac Jones. Um, I don't think there is is a, a guy that has more pressure on him in the SEC right now than Mac Jones. Yeah. And it, it's... I think the talent ha- is there, right? You know what I mean? Ooh. I think that he has some talent. But there's so many things going wrong for Mac Jones right now. Okay it's less about this matchup. And then it's more about for me, Mac Jones is Mac Jones, somebody that we should take seriously for the upcoming NFL draft. Is he somebody that should be on our radar? Not just that on the flip side of that, he has Bryce young breathing down his neck. You know what I mean? And we know Nick Saban is not afraid to make a change, right? You know what I mean? We saw that. We saw him take the bum off the field and put two in there and Tua would make things happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, it, there's so many factors in Mac Jones and what Mac Jones is going to be capable of doing, because you're playing for arguably the most popular, most uh, the, the best team in the nation. They're like the Dallas Cowboys of the uh, mm-hmm. of college football now, right? They're consistently competitive. They don't want to lose games. You know what I mean? If he loses a game, they're going to be calling for his head, right? You know what I'm saying? So Mac Jones has all the pressure on the world and it's his time. Last year he showed flashes. He did. But then he looked terrible in an Auburn game. He threw two pick sixes in that Auburn game. Two. Don't get me wrong. He put them back in the game, and and, and they almost won. But they lost the game because of those two pick sixes. You you can't do that. And you can't do this with the team. This team is loaded with talent. Waddle, Smith, Harris. You know what I mean? You, You have a loaded team. You have a great offensive line. You have a defense that's really, really good. So you have got to put the pieces together. Because again, this quarterback race is wide open. But again, it's not about the quarterback race. It's it. Well, a it is in a way because you want to prove yourself. You want to be like, yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be drafted. I'm Mac Jones. I'm a good quarterback. <laughs> but if you struggle, one of the highly most highly touted you know prospects in the in, in the country right now is breathing down your neck. You know what I mean? Like, right? I want to see Bryce Young. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No offense to Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Like, if he struggles, I'm going to be calling from my couch for his job to get him out there. <laughs> I want to see Bryce Young play. You know what I'm saying? You know, we saw some we saw some Spencer last week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Spencer lit up a, you know, gosh. Well, that, that program he played, pressure. I tell you
2: what. Yeah.
1: Man, they're like a high school team out there. You would swear that he played LSU last week because of the way people were talking about. Look, I understand we both say the same thing. Go out there and do your thing against the teams that you shouldn't be. But let's. The one touchdown everybody was talking about, the ball was a little underthrown. Let's, mm-hmm. calm, let's calm down a little bit. But um, for me, Mac Jones, this is an important matchup all the way around, right? You know what I mean? All the way around. And I'm excited to see what he can. I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm kind of rooting for the guy. You know, like the little underdog. the underster- Because, you know, I think about it. He's not a highly touted prospect. He was only a three-star prospect. You know what I mean? So 6'2",
2: 205. Like I said, he had some flashes where he looked good. But I'm, I'm worried for the kid so i've got I've got two things. one, I'm looking at the Alabama schedule and I'll get to the more important part and I just happen to see this. It's tickets as low as two hundred and twelve dollars for this Missouri <laughs> game as low as not not you know anyway whatever the pressure's on, kid. So, yeah, so <laughs> this is what I truly think is gonna happen and this is I don't think it's so much as a knock to Mac Jones. Maybe it is. I think what's gonna happen is he's gonna go out against Missouri. he's gonna look great going to throw for 300 yards, possibly a couple touchdowns mixed in there. I think he's going to look great. They're going to go to Kyle field. And this is, this is truly okay. Maybe it's a little bit of a Homer mindset. I think A&M is going to make him look mediocre for the first half. I think again, that Bryce young Nick Saban's not the guy that's sitting there and being like, I got all this pressure. I got to start him. Nick Saban, does, Nick Saban's going to do what Nick Saban wants to do. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Well, maybe the boosters can push him a little bit, but I don't think with his success, I don't think that happens. Anyway, I think Mac Jones is going to go out against an actual opponent whose defense is much improved. And again, playing in certain venues, Kyle Field, you know, the Swamp, uh, Michigan State, you, you, there's these certain stadiums that just have a different feel to it. Now, again, it's not a normal season. It's not going to have 100,000 plus people. I get it. I wouldn't be shocked if second half of the AM game, Bryce Young is the starter, comes out and unfortunately takes them to a win, because I want AM to win. But I just, I just, there's just something about Mac Jones I'm not sold on. I I, I he's got it, right? He he's obviously at Alabama. He's been named the starter. He's talented. It's there. You're not the starter at some podunk school. Like this is Alabama. But I also think it's kind of the timing of it, right? With certain programs, like for example, you go to a Clemson, like you've got Trevor Lawrence now. It's all but DJ's job. Once Lawrence is gone, like, unless something unforeseen happens, but it's just like, we know that's going to happen. Mac Jones kind of just came into this. There was no transfer that came in, you know? Yeah. Bryce Young's here, but he's a true freshman. So it's stuff like that, where it's kind of like Mac Jones just has the experience and given the off season, But I, I, I just think I just have that feeling that, the second half of that A&M game, a change is going to be made. And like you said, Nick Saban's not afraid to do it. He did it in a national championship game. This A&M game, Alabama A&M, will not be a national championship level game, unfortunately. I, I think Kellerman's going to screw that up. But anyway, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Bryce Young go out there and and show us what we expect to see. I mean, that dual threat ability, he's got the, the accuracy with his arm. I just, I think that's how it's going to go. Mac Jones is going to look great against Missouri, keep his job, but then potentially lose it in that first half of the A&M game. And it's over to Bryce Young's second half. And Bryce Young just takes over the rest of the year. They have a hard schedule. I didn't realize Alabama was playing so many ranked opponents. I mean, it's SEC, but like A&M, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, Auburn. Like, my goodness. Even Mississippi State thrown in there. I don't think that's going to be a tough game because Mississippi State's home.
1: Yeah, they have a lot. See, I wrote in my article whenever I was doing the preview for the SEC. I was like, if... If uh, Mac Jones comes out and struggles week one against Missouri, right? They win, but it's like a it's a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And they come out week two, and beating them at the half. It's 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 Bryce Harper, it's Bryce yep. Young time, Bryce Harper, yep. Bryce Young time. You know, what I'm saying, it, period. That'd you know, I'd like be a curveball. <laughs> right? Come on, Bryce, come over here. <laughs> you know, you're not in the playoffs with the Phillies. I agree with you 100%, man. I'm excited. This is exciting. You know what I mean? Like, it's exciting to talk about SEC football. It's exciting about talking about some of these prospects because, you know, that means we're inching closer to draft time. This is what we, you know, this is where we, you know, the money in the bank is for us. You know what I mean? Draft time's coming up. You know what I'm saying? So these guys watching them um, adjusting rankings, that's one of my favorite things to do in season, right? You know what I mean? See some guys play and it's like, oh, man, they okay. All right. Well, this guy's a bum. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to move him down. Ian Book. It's like, hey, Ian Book's going to be out of my top 20 probably if I I don't even know if I have a top 20 you know ranking for quarterbacks but if he was it's going to be he's out of it so um I I agree with you 100% I'm not sold on Mac Jones either I'm kind of slowly kind of rooting for him in the background but at the same time you know I like the little underdog story but well that's it like
2: I never I never root for someone to be unsuccessful like that's Uh that's an awful thing right you know (laughs) that's awful but I just like you said I'm just not and some people love him right and I get it we all have different opinions on it that's the beautiful thing we can all have different yeah. opinions, and one Absolutely. of us will be wrong. Probably yeah. me, but one of <laughs> us will be wrong.
1: <laughs> Known fact on the Debbie Delight Stoops does not root for guys to be successful. <laughs> no, I'm <just> yeah. kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> our <laughs> listeners are, are awesome. no. Exactly. <laughs> all right, folks, now. thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Debbie Delight. Uh, we really do appreciate the continued support and listening to us uh, week in and week out. We do. Um, Give us a follow on Twitter at the Debbie Delight. Stoops, a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valer underscore. Next week, we'll be doing a recap of today's games. And then we'll probably be diving a little bit into the Big Ten since they're coming back. I'm very, very excited to do that as well. Um, I know Mr. Bruning said he needed to come on with us. So we might have him on with us next week as well so that he can rant and rave about everything Ohio State. Ohio Um, State
2: this, Ohio State that.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I just need, uh, I just want Michigan to beat him just so I can just pick on him for a whole year, which it's not going to happen. But we probably
2: wouldn't hear from Matt for about a month and a half. (laughs)
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't let that happen. I would I would
2: call into his <laughs> podcast. I would go to his house. I, I don't really know. I'd send him things in
1: the mail and have it videoed. I don't know. But folks, thanks again for tuning in to us this week. And until next time,
0: we'll talk to you guys
1: later. See y'all later.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.